the start of the 1 o'clock hour. Two more hours to go on the Wes and Walker Show. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Don't forget, you can text us your thoughts and comments at 704-570-9610. That's the Garage Door Guru text line. Again, 704-570-9610. Something we've been experimenting with here on the Wes and Walker Show, even before we had the official title, we had been ranking the top 10 players in each of the Carolina Panther games. How many Panthers would we get? How many of the opposition would we get? Cincinnati, we did this. Atlanta, we were doing it as well. So here we are going to continue the trend against the Baltimore Ravens. What's going to happen is Wes is going to give you his top five. I'll give you my top five, and then we'll finish out the back half. After each one of us has gone with the top five, also have some other Ravens sound bites I want to get to as well. So let's start with you, Wes. Here's your top five coming into this game. My top five, Panther fans, you're not going to like it, but uh, um, Lamar, a.k.a. Lambo Lamar is number one. Mark <laughs> Andrews, one of the best tight ends in the business, top three. Uh, Derek Brown, though, I did throw in there at number three. Uh, right now, Roquan Smith, I put at four. And Calais Campbell, I put at five. Okay. Say that one more time. You have Lamar Jackson, okay, Lamar, Mark, Andrews. Mark Andrews, Derek Brown, Roquan Smith, Calais Campbell. Okay. I think for me, Lamar Jackson is the only acceptable answer at number one, in my opinion. I just don't know who else in this game would pass someone who has won an MVP award, even if he's not having the same type of success that he had during his MVP campaign. That guy has an offense surrounding him that is is everything runs through what he's done. Wes, I agree with you about Derek Brown, man. I mean, what he's done, I put Brian Burns above him last week. I just don't think I can deny him that top spot among these defenders anymore. Every single game. It oh, seems he's like two? He's my two. Yeah, I'm going to put Derek Brown at number two. The way that he plays, it's phenomenal what he's been doing. And as much as I love Brian Burns, I've talked about that a lot. I just think the impact, what we've seen from him this year. I'm going to put him at number two on this list. Um, his pass rushing from the inside, too, his pass rush win rate has been very good. I am going to go Mark Andrews three, so we have the same ones. I mean, it's Andrews is one of the best tight ends in the league. I think if you wanted to go with the top three, it would look something like certainly Travis Kelsey. And then I think I'd put Mark Andrews number two. A couple of other guys maybe you could put in there, but I do think Mark Andrews has to be there at number two. I'm going to go to the defensive side as well for Carolina. I think Brian Burns comes in at four. And I, I think what he's been doing, he's played longer than what Justin Houston has, who I have at number five. And at least this game, not longer in their career. But I do think I'm going to put Burns at four, and then I'm going to put um, Justin Houston at five because he's played six games, but he's been a monster as a pass rusher, also has an interception this year. So I am going to put Justin Houston at number five. That's my top five. Lamar, Derek, Mark Andrews, Brian Burns, Justin Houston. Let's talk about why you shook your head when I put Brian Burns there. Uh... I can justify because I was saying at first I, I couldn't put him over Roquan Smith with what he's done thus far in his career. Analytically, he's not having a great year uh, at all, but just Roquan Smith and, and what he's done to this point, I think he's one of the best middle linebackers in the game. So so you're okay with it kind of now, but you still would put Roquan ahead of Brian Burns? Well, he isn't playing great necessarily as far as when you look at the analytics. No, he is not. Mm-hmm. But just like I said, just overall, like, because I think of it in terms, too, if I'm putting together a team, which players I would pick, um, you know, if I was a you know, franchise owner, so to speak. But, I mean, he's been all pro twice. Yeah, no, Roquan's great. I yeah, I mean I know including we talk, last season. Well, and I know we've talked about this last week too. We we kind of shift on the 
who's right now, who's kind of in the past. What's crazy about this, though, is that Baltimore, we haven't mentioned his name yet. Calais Campbell is also an absolute beast. Well, I did. He was my fifth. Okay, so there you go. He was top five. I didn't mention him yet. But Calais Campbell. I know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You don't with Roquan putting him in the top five the way he's played. But no, with Calais Campbell, the fact that he and Justin Houston, who are like all pro guys from 2015, they're still playing at a high level here. It goes to show that Baltimore not only has been able to draft at a high level, but also sign these free agents and then still um, have the fountain of youth there with some of these veterans. Now, hold on, playboy. Raekwon still has 88 tackles and two and a half sacks. You're not going to act like he... You know, like he and I had playing some ball. I was just literally repeating what you said. <laughs> no, I said analytically, you know, they got him pretty low. But as far as statistically and what he's done, including coming off an of all-pro last year. All right, let's get to six. I'm just happy you call me Playboy. I'll take that compliment. All right, who is, who's, who's the back five for you? All right, then I got Burns coming in at six. And you rolled your eyes when I had him fourth, and you got him a whole two spots down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'll say because I didn't think you should have had him over Roquan Smith. I got you. Yeah, yeah. I got Burns. Six. I got Geno Stone. Again, I'll, I'll dug into the analytics a little bit there. <laughs> I see. He's uh, rated six best safety in the game, so I paid that man his respect. I put Geno Stone in there. Ronnie Stanley got to show the O-lineman some love. Uh, one of the better tackles in the league. Uh, Marlon Humphrey uh, put in there nine. And then that leg, that, that powder keg, Justin Tucker is my 10th Justin Tucker. best player. I don't think I can put Justin Tucker up in the top this 10. man, disrespect. Highest paid kick in the game, money bag in the clutch. That's, that's If this game comes down to a field goal, we know who we are depending on in this game. Yeah, no, you're right. And Justin Tucker is an excellent kicker. I'm just not going to put him as a top 10 player here. I do. <laughs> it's interesting. I, like you, am finding myself putting a lot of Baltimore Ravens in the top 10. Yeah, man, it's a good team. Yeah, so Carolina right now, I had Derek Brown and Brian Burns as a couple of players in the top five of this game. In the back five, I found a way to put one Panther in there, but that was it. And that's it. Yeah, and you're not going to like it at all. But I did put Calias Campbell at number six. I put Ronnie Stanley at seven. And he's been injured, but Ronnie Stanley is still a really good offensive lineman in his career, by the way, is what I mentioned with him. Um, I did put Marlon Humphrey there. I do think that he is a top 10 player in this game. Give me DJ Moore at number nine. I still think he's a good receiver. I think that this is someone that has been held back a lot by quarterback play. And the fact that P.J. Walker is someone that he is able to put some numbers up with, I think that's pretty impressive what you have been able to see from him. And then I'm going to go with the center for Baltimore, Tyler Linderbaum. I mean, what he's been doing is actually pretty impressive. The fact that he's come in and then performed over Bradley Bozeman and done a pretty good job. So I do think that that's someone that deserves some love. And Bozeman has been doing a good job here with Carolina, certainly in run blocking. So that's what I'm going to roll with there as my top 10. What problems do you have with me? Listen, man, this man is a 17. Seven-time All-Pro kicker. <laughs> You're One, mad at Justin Okay. Five-time first-team All-Pro, including last season. And this man just going to disrespect him and not say he's one of the best players in this game. This man is a multi-time All-Pro. This man is going to Canton with a gold jacket. One of the few players in this game that will don a gold jacket but we just going to disrespect that man, Fitty. What do you think about that? Man? What, what do you think of the top 10, as we kind of mentioned? I'm a true teammate, man. I respect all my guys do and you, the job they do. Do you want us to repeat real quick? No, because I because I think given the fact that Wes had Justin Tucker on his Bang. list, he literally okay. kicked your ass. Okay, there you go. <laughs> 
I'm going to stop going to Fiddy because he's always going to pick two weeks West in a anyway. row, baby. Yeah, that is. That is true. I um, mean, this man left out a Canton level kicker. I, I don't. Is Justin Tucker going to go to the Hall of Fame? Yes. How many what kickers are in there? He's a seven all, seven time All Pro. He's the greatest kicker in NFL history. Yes, him and Vinatieri. Him and Vinatieri. Go. Two goats. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Please look up how many kickers are in the NFL and realize how hard it is. He's I, going. I'm not saying he's not the number one kicker of all time. I'm just telling you to ask. And then go look up how many kickers are in Canton right now. And I'm going to double down. And I'm going to double down. Look at you turning me into a Justin Tucker fan. I should order the man's jersey. I mean, you should. You did this to yourself. That man will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He will be the first kicker to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm not trying to disrespect them. I'm only trying to point out that there's not many kickers that have entered the NFL. I hope the Panthers the are up 24. The Ravens come back in the fourth quarter, and Justin Tucker kicks a 74-yard field goal to win the game. I bet he makes it. And he only, says, "What's up, Walker?" Into the camera. I he, there's only <laughs> there's only four to make it. There's only four to make it. Well, he's gonna make it. He's better I, than all of them. I do think you're probably right. I just was asking if Justin Tucker was going to make it, and then all you guys got angry at me <laughs> for asking a question. That's all I'm doing here. Panther Bo said, "No, Deontay Foreman is egregious." And then somebody else wrote in that Tucker is older. I did think about. I did think about Foreman. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. I'm not going to put him in there. Not right now, even though he's been playing at a top four hundred yard. Yeah, I, I would agree at that. I, he crossed my mind. But so so what do we do with this, right? And, and people can text in 704-570-9610. But what do we do with someone like DJ Moore who finishes around 1,200 yards every year, mm-hmm. who even if we want to have the whole elite receiver, not elite receiver, whatever, that guy's the, the best quarterback he's played with is Teddy Bridgewater and mm-hmm. then late Cam, but he was a rookie coming into the league at that point. Yeah. So we're talking about Teddy Bridgewater being this man's best QB, and he's been able to put up over 1,100 yards every season except for this one where the quarterback play has actually been worse than the other QBs that he's played with, and none of them were any good. Even with this year not being fantastic for DJ, I have to reward him by putting him in the top 10 for producing with players that are not good around him. Yeah, I think DJ is a really good player. When I watch him, do I see dominance? Do I see a player that I fear? Like if my 49ers had to come in here or the Panthers came to them in a playoff scenario, would I be fearful of DJ Moore? Not really. Not that's like the when kind I of think stuff of, that sneaks up on you, though. It, this is true, but I'm like I'm thinking about like the Megatrons and the. Well, no, he's not. He's not. Prime AB and well, those, guys, those, are you like? Ugh. You talk about NFL Hall of Fame. Now maybe AB is held out because of his shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, I off think the field, I think but. he's got a few. But even like some of the best guys in the sport right now, when you look at the best uh, receivers out there, I'm not sure that I fear him, you know, he's as much as some five. of the other guys. I mean, guys. If you, he's not a top five receiver in the NFL. I mean, top 10, you could probably make some type of argument for him. I haven't gone down the list, but I think that's probably where he enters some sort of the conversation. But no, he's not top five, but we're grading top 10 in this game. And I'm going to put DJ Moore even now. Do you think he's the best receiver in the NFC South? No. I, I think I think Chris Godwin is probably better than him. And I know Mike Evans' career has been has been very good. I just think Mike Evans probably getting a little older, even though what he's done has been. And he's got the better career, Mike Evans does. The fact that he has started off every season with 1,000 yards, it's incredible. Yeah. I, I would go, if I had to draft them this point out, I'd probably go Chris Godwin, DJ Moore, 
Even though Chris Godwin's injury kind of hurts him. And then I'd go Mike Evans. Drafting here on out, the better career is Mike Evans. Yeah. But DJ Moore is considerably younger and still has been very good. So that'll do it for the top 10 players in this game as we have taken a look at them and come up with our list. I do want to go to a couple sound bites before we move on to some Charlotte Hornets news. We did get the update on LaMelo Ball. But before we get there, here's Glenn Clark talking about the Lamar uh, Jackson contract situation and how it's still a mystery on the Kyle Bailey show. He said that yesterday. It's an awkwardness to this. I, I do think that ultimately it gets figured out. The Ravens want Lamar Jackson to be here, and Lamar Jackson, you know, as much as people can talk about him being from Miami, well, they got a quarterback in Miami, and he's he's got a you know purple tattoo on his chest. Like Lamar Jackson likes being in Baltimore. It's just the awkwardness of the concept of fully guaranteed, where neither side appears to be willing to budge right now. How does that play out? I still don't have that answer, man. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, and look, I, I think Jamison Hensley actually just tweeted that he was not available for media today. I don't think this is contract related, but we did not see Lamar um, available for media today. Not sure what that means. I don't think, uh, well, I don't know if he practiced today. I know Mark Andrews was out there in a the limited portion and he did not play against the New Orleans Saints. So those are a couple of injury updates there. So yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what's going on with Lamar as we get some more information on that. Last thing I want to play from Glenn Clark is how he was uh, discussing the Ravens and how they've gotten their season back on track. This city was in panic not that long ago, about a month ago, after the Ravens blew three different 10-plus point leads in the second half this season, albeit all against you know good teams, the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Giants. There was some real panic here. And then the last couple of weeks, what they've done going on the road, and I get it, the, the Buccaneers will see that maybe they're turning things around a little bit, but they haven't been great, and the Saints definitely don't look a good team. But what's really come from it is the Ravens have kind of found their identity again as a team that wants to run the ball. What makes them dangerous now, Kyle, is they have – the last two games, they have held the ball for over 38 minutes in time of possession. That That's really difficult to beat, and they've kind of figured out again who they want to be. This is going to be a game of possession here between the Ravens and the Panthers because both teams love to run the football. We know that that is something Carolina has embraced as their identity under Steve Wilkes and stuck to it. It's a complaint that people had when Matt Rule was here. So time of possession going to be huge in this game. Oh, it's going to be huge. And uh, we don't know what the weather's going to be, but we know it's probably going to be cold. And it's going to be a classic type of game for guys who like physical football and defense and all that good stuff, man. You better have... Everything, you know, in the training bag. Get off the bus, guys. ready to roll. Is that what you're <laughs> oh, saying? definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's continue to talk about the Carolina Panthers and even the Charlotte Hornets coming up on the Wes and Walker show. Also, people have been asking about the Fitty Snapchat update. We'll give you an update on that coming out of the break. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Door Guru text line at 704-570-9610. Did I miss the update on Fiddy's Snapchat wifey? Or did she end up asking for something? I don't even know. Uh, what, what is it? A, a bag, a purse, or something like that? Right. Yeah. I mean, because that's the thing. That was from Bronx Mike writing in. 
So I think it's time now because I, I wanted to pepper it in throughout the show. But the, if you're just joining us, the foundation of this story is the fact that a month ago, Fiddy got a Snapchat and he met somebody through his previous relationship that didn't work out. But then he started to put in some game a little bit on this woman from Myrtle Beach. They Snapchatted a couple times back and forth. She asked for money to get her nails done because of a job interview. Is that right that she had coming up? Yeah, that is correct. But it mm. was after. You know, see, you're making her look bad. I'm sorry. I, you know, I offered to buy her lunch first, okay. and, you know, she just said no. Didn't want to give out the address in this day and age. Like, you know, I'm cool with that. She was like, but, you know, as a, as a, you know, other option, you could send money for me to get my nails done, which, of course, I, I denied. That, right. Even though, as no, you should. even though nobody thought I did. Like, my dad was listening, and I called in the afternoon. He goes, Hey, dumbass, did you send her money? And I was like, oh, I didn't send her money. Like, <laughs> So you haven't done that yet. I, I hope that this Snapchat that she sent you for the first time in over a month at this point, if it was the last time that we had mentioned this with a Ashley Stroline on the airwaves, we had a great time with that, actually having the conversation somewhat where we were getting Snapchats from her at that point. Well, we got a new one. Mm -hmm. You got one on the way to work this morning. Yeah. You have not opened it yet nope. because you wanted to save it for the show. And that's why you're a dynamic producer. Nothing else you do will be more dynamic than that decision right there, and I appreciate you for it. Thank you. So now that we have the Snapchat to open, should we go ahead, Wes? Is this the time? I'm ready. All right. I know you are. I know, Wes. <laughs> All right, so you got the phone. Yeah. You're going to bring it open. We're going to try to see what she says and figure out if this is something to pursue or if this is just some, are, hey, are how are you gonna doing, Are we going to be able Snapchat? to see it, too? Because we know, you know, Fiddy could capital. Well, this is the problem with the Snapchat is that it goes away. Yeah, and, and I don't, and, and don't want to hit the reload button because snapchat tells well, you right you can't do the reload happened. you can no. screenshot it though with another phone so i mean if you wanted to give them a no we don't need to do that i mean you can but screenshot tells you that's my point yeah 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 all right let's go ahead and open it let's see what's happening here i know you're nervous all right <laughs> little drum roll here all right yeah Fiddy, go ahead and open the snapchat what is it it's just a straight selfie. Okay. It's her. It looks like it must be at her at her house, maybe. Okay. But uh, <laughs> hang on, Wes. Turn around. That's it. Because it's still there. That's just the Snapchat. So yep. it's just the screenshot. Or not the screenshot. Yeah, yeah. It's just no, a selfie. No screen grab. She did not put a, I guess, a time limit on it for it to go away. So there's no caption either, right? There's no caption. It's just a straight well, you know what, Walker? I'm going to get up and show you the Snapchat as well. Okay, I appreciate that. Yes, thank you for coming all the way over she here. She is good show. looking. I think it's Yes, okay. Credit. So, yeah, so there's the screen. Or right. there's this. I keep saying that. There's the Snapchat. No caption. She just wanted to show you something. I think that's a conversation starter. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that you could say. He's like, remember me. I don't know. What do you say to that, though? Well, do you I mean, want to say, well, you know, for you one, we hope, we hope that, you know, she's not out here. Some guy happened. just dissed her, and uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. She's trying to get somebody to make her feel good. But, however, it could be, and I'm going to roll with this. Okay. I'm going to roll with her just saying, hey, remember me? Let's talk. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> oh, you're saying she's saying that. Yeah, I'm saying she's saying, okay. remember me? Let's talk. I don't know how many people do you think she sent that snap to. Oh, that's see, seen, now he's down. Yeah, Walker went just. But you see, no, there's nothing, because that's no. where my, because I told you initially right off the bat, I think this was Girls an accidental snap. Smart. That's that, what I'm asking. So I that, don't think it was. You know, that that's what I think it is. But but you know what? I will say, I don't care if she sent it to a bunch of different people. You, you were one of them. On. You, yeah, you were one, one of them. them. She was thinking of you. She pressed the button to send to you next to your name for that picture. And even if it's been a month, that's all right. 
I think we we respond to that collectively. Yeah, <laughs> it is now our lit? job too. It is this is now our responsibility. You can text in what your remark would be at 704-570-9610. Again, 704-570-9610. Somebody said she might be compliment fishing. I don't know, man. She just wants to start a well, conversation. She might be, but. You won't know until you find out. That's right. And there's only one way to find out, and that's to pursue a conversation. If we get, get Fiddy's location in this Myrtle Beach, then we know what time it is. Big Cat Dan, he called that a, that's a I'm still here Snapchat. I like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I like that. That's what I think. I'm still here. Okay, so how do I go about replying? Because, like, I made it known that I was interested. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that she lives two and a half, three hours away. I made it known that's not a problem. Do you send a, a selfie back? <laughs> Oh, no. You don't want to do that? Okay, look. As bad as you are taking photos with Willie P on the fly, I look that bad when I prep for a photo. I'm not photogenic. I'm not a selfie guy. Not with that attitude. I am not sending back a a selfie. She knows what I look like. Like, Mm -hmm. She's met me. And we've interacted on, you know, we're Facebook friends. She sees my profile picture or whatever. So, like, I don't need to remind her how ugly I am. Oh, wow. We're not going to do on, that. Come on, we ain't going to do that, Fiddy. No, sir. <laughs> That's half the battle. We need sexy some beast, and That's she deserves right. to know that you're that. That's right. And nothing and but And she that. better respect that, or she can keep it pushing. And so now true. you've been called a playboy. Mm-hmm. You just called me a sexy beast. So Lots before the day's again. over, we got to give Wes Bryant some compliment. Oh, yeah. That, that won't be hard. I'm actually surprised. I That's an upset, that, the man. fact that he's third on the list. That's actually, <laughs> I, I would imagine him to be first every single day. I'm surprised you didn't give him anything at the beginning of this show so i'm happy for my dog yeah that's right all right it's the wesson walker show sports radio 927 wfnz we'll continue the snapchat updates we'll also give you a lamello ball update we did see this reported by rod boone of the charlotte observer he was over at practice yesterday and steve clifford said about lamello ball after he re-injured his ankle against the pacers that the x-ray came back negative that he would not play tonight against the Cleveland Cavaliers. But, of course, he did not give us a timetable on when he might return. This is especially worrisome because we don't know when LaMelo is going to come back. This is a team that has already lost 12 games on the season. There is only one team in the Eastern Conference that is worse than the Charlotte Hornets right now, and that is the very young Detroit Pistons, and I would argue you feel better about Detroit's future than you do Charlotte's right now, especially after all the injuries. Now, there is another update as far as injuries go for Charlotte. Gordon Hayward has been upgraded from doubtful to questionable, so trending in the right direction. Charlotte could use Gordon Hayward despite people not exactly being thrilled with his performance and health here in a Charlotte Hornets uniform. But it's still going to be against the Cavs. Now, Cleveland, five-game losing streak for them. No Jarrett Allen in this game. Or we don't know about Jarrett Allen in this game. He's missed the last two for Cleveland, and I believe he is up in the air as far as whether he'll suit up. Is there a shot? Do you think that the Hornets can win without LaMelo? And if so, does Gordon Hayward have to play for them to have a shot? Hell, they can't win with LaMelo. So I don't think they can win without him. I think the struggles will continue. I feel like they're back to square one where they started. Uh, earlier this season, uh, it's just kind of just been, we talked about this after the show yesterday, it's just been one just downhill building snowball for the Hornets since uh, a little bit before the season ended, ever since the play-in game. It's been nothing but negative for the Hornets thus far. And so, um, yeah, man, I, I don't I don't see it. 
It's going to be tough. I mean, Cleveland is so good. I did expect to look at their record and see that they were, yeah, they were 12 and 3, 4, something like that. But they have gone on that five-game losing streak. Now, they've lost to a couple of really good basketball teams. Their most recent loss was to Milwaukee. Minnesota got it figured out, 129-124, high-scoring game there. They lost to Golden State on the road. Sacramento, who's playing excellent basketball right now, they also lost to the Clippers. So this was a West Coast road trip they went out on before the last two games, Minnesota was at home and then Milwaukee was on the road. This game is going to be at home for Cleveland. The Hornets are going to hit the road tonight playing at 730. So uh, I think the Hornets are going to have to rely on some good facilitation from Terry Rozier. I think you're going to have to get some big Teo Maladone minutes. If Gordon Hayward's out now, if he plays, that's going to be huge just as far as him being a connector for this team. If you look at when he exited the game against Chicago, it was the second half he left. The assist numbers were way down for this Hornets team. They were up there close to the 30s. That was without LaMelo, by the way. Dennis Smith Jr., Gordon Hayward. Those guys were helping move the basketball quite a bit and helping their offense as much as possible. When Gordon Hayward went out, they were down to the 22s, 21s. I think they had 22 assist totals for like three, four straight games during that stretch of his uh, absence. If he can come back, that's really going to help, but... I think you're just going to see the half-court offense and their struggles emphasized even more in this game, Wes. I mean, the half-court offense has desperately held them back, and they are desperate to try to find any way to fix it. Going to be really tough if they don't have Gordon, and your backcourt is only a tandem of Terry Rozier and Teo Maladon. Yeah, and I mean, you're talking about a lack of front-court scoring, so it pretty much all relies on the backcourt for the Hornets to either score baskets or set up the guys in the paint. So when you don't have one of the best distributors uh, in basketball, the guy that really makes this offense go, then you're really going to struggle. And we're seeing that with the Hornets. We saw the offensive numbers, how they went up just in a few games that LaMelo played because they were scoring in the 90s before that, high 90s, low 100s. So, uh, yeah, they, you know, when LaMelo's not in that lineup, it's a different basketball team, a different offense for sure. I mean, they're 28th in the league in offensive rating. What I do hate about a LaMelo ball injury besides just my own personal Hornets fandom, it's the fact that LaMelo probably isn't going to make the All-Star game because of the amount of games missed. And we can even talk about the All-NBA conversation if there was one to be had. I do think so much of that revolves around team success too Mm -hmm. and the all-star game you can get away with it you can definitely have a a bad team that you're playing for still get enough votes because you're putting up impressive stats but all nba there's only 15 spots not divided up between the conferences this is all encompassing when you're talking about all nba and then you have to divvy up guards big men you know forwards all that stuff so Lamelo not going to reach an all nba this year it would be highly highly unlikely he would have to be bananas the rest of the way when he does return and i don't even know when that's going to happen but the all-star game that would have been nice to see if you are going to have a season as a hornets fan where you can't look forward to even a play-in or a playoff spot one of the subplots you could get excited about is LaMelo's all-star battle with a Darius Garland, with a Donovan Mitchell, with mm-hmm. some of these other guards. I mean, even a Jalen Brunson, who at the beginning of the season was playing well. Fitty, is Jalen Brunson still playing pretty high-level basketball for the Knicks right now? He's doing all the things that we've overpaid him to do, so I would say yes. <laughs> well, that's good. That means you're not overpaying him if he's doing all of that. That's fantastic for Jalen Brunson. It's just another player that makes that transition. Yeah, I mean, he's shooting 50% from the field. It's gonna. It was always going to be tough. Either way, because of the talent that shifted from the Western Conference to the Eastern Conference. But now that you're going to be down at least 14 games, and that's saying he would come back on Sunday. Yeah, Wes, I I think that battle is actually out of the window, too. 
yeah, than man. the fact that he can do that. Yeah, no doubt. So it's going to be tough for him. We talked about uh, pre-show, and I, I poached the idea, broached the idea of, you know, what did, what do you feel like LaMelo ranks amongst his peers uh, at point guard? And we're talking about guys that are like five years uh, and under, because I think that's an interesting question as well. When you talk about the All NBA, you talk about the All Star game. These are guys that he has to compete with on top of the OGs. Yeah, five years or younger mm-hmm. for some of these point guards. Tyrese Halliburton, Darius Garland, those are a couple of guys that are going to be in the mix, just trying to figure out what players are in there right now. Are there other players that are coming but up? But I mean, are these guys who, like, how many guys would you take over LaMelo, I would say? Um, if you were building a franchise. Luka Doncic still counts, right? Oh, yeah. So he's number one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Nobody's beating Luka if we're talking about point guards or ball handlers for some of these other NBA teams. Trey Young is actually taking a step back. And even if they're nine and six, we know how much of a liability Trey Young is defensively. He's also an incredible passer. He's also an excellent shot maker. I'm trying to pull up Trey Young's stats as we speak. But they are a team that is playing pretty well. They They did get Trey Young some help. With DeJounte Murray. And so Trey Young right now, he's averaging 27 points per game. He's averaging nine assists per game. He's shooting only 31% from three, but we've seen him figured out as the season goes on. Yeah. Yeah. I think going forward, I'm taking LaMelo. I mean, it's tough. Trey's good. He does have, I mean, you could give him the benefit of the doubt with the fact that he led a team to a conference finals. See, and, the, I, and I get that. The thing I like about Trey, though, is just the aggression. He knows when it's a big game. He knows when he's needed, and he's going to bring it. He's going to go out on his shield. Oh, John was, Morant, somebody we're forgetting about. Saying, I'll tell way. you who yeah. I have. Okay. I have Luca, Trey, Ja, Halliburton. And even though he's considered a combo guard, but I feel like he's more considered a point guard is uh, Gilgis Alexander. SGA's next on the list. And you yeah. got to tell you, he's pl- speaking of all NBA, that guy is untradeable. Yeah. And this is a problem that I had with the Hornets in the offseason because the Hornets were all in on Donovan Mitchell. And they weren't able to get him. It made so much more sense for Cleveland to pursue pursue him and have the assets to land him. They had more first-round picks because the Charlotte Hornets didn't have as many because they traded up a heavily protected first-round pick to go get Kai Jones. And I've talked about this before. When you have a heavily protected first-round pick that you send to the Knicks, it's so protected that you're going to get your first-round pick where it's like 16, 17, something like that. Mm -hmm. But the problem is you can't trade that in season. Because the Knicks still own it. And then they send it to Atlanta in a Cam Reddish trade. And then Atlanta sends that to the Spurs in the DeJounte Murray trade. So because it's so heavily protected, it doesn't convey. And you can't use that in a potential trade for, say, Donovan Mitchell. So the Hornets could only trade three first-rounders. Cleveland could send out four. So that hurts you in that regard. Now, SGA also was not believed to be the same type of player Donovan Mitchell was this offseason. There were always rumors about Oklahoma City feeling other teams out to say, hey, maybe we trade SGA. The timeline might not match up anymore because we are so invested in tanking. We're going to be bad again with Chet Holmgren not playing this year, not at all this year after his injury. So I wonder if this offseason was the opportunity for Charlotte to pounce on SGA, say, look, you take a couple first-round picks, you take first round swaps because he would have called for that then. And you can have, you know, we'll try to match the salaries, whatever. And that's what you got. You give us SGA in return and you can do the whole tanking thing again. But now Shea Gilgis Alexander is like mm-hmm. a top, what, 12 asset in the league at this point? 
I mean, 32 points, 54% it's crazy. from the field, 40% from three. I mean, he's only taking three threes a game. But it doesn't yeah. matter when you're that efficient. Right. He, he's doing some, I mean, close to what Zion is. I mean, not, not what Zion is in the paint, but, I mean, he's incredible when he gets to the rim. The other part about this, too, that people have reminded me of a lot, whether it be Locked on Hornets or WFNZ, mm-hmm. it's the fact that Charlotte drafted SGA, and then they traded him yeah. in order to get Miles Bridges and Devontae Graham, and Fiddy has a point on that. I'm just, well, I wanted to ask you, because you're you're a big NBA draft guy. I watched SG, SGA at Kentucky and didn't see this coming. Mm-hmm. Did you see the player he's become in the NBA after Charlotte traded him away? It would be crazy to say that I saw, I mean, top five point guard potential in the league, but... There is an infamous moment for me on Lockdown Hornets history, and if you listen to the podcast, you know. We did a broadcast. We did a live broadcast on draft night in the Spectrum Center. It was me and Doug Branson and David Walker joined us and all that. We were doing it. They draft SGA, who I was desperate for. I wanted SGA badly because at that time, you were thinking about handing over the reins of point guard from Kimball Walker, who we didn't know how much longer he was going to play with the franchise. I desperately wanted SGA. We had him for 10 minutes. I think 10 minutes is probably a little too long. Then a trade announcement comes in. We get Miles Bridges, who I was not high on pre-draft process. And on the court, he played better as his years went on than I expected. You also get Devontae Graham. You trade up for him, too, in the second round. So cool. But to answer your question, yes, there is the infamous blow-up from one Walker mail where I act like a fool in the Spectrum Center to the point where Doug's like, dude, we're actually on their home turf. Like, you need to cool it with how angry you are because we're in the Spectrum Center. Yes, I loved SGA, my most coveted guy coming out of the draft, and when we traded him, I was very angry. So what do I got to do to bring that energy here? Because I, <laughs> I want all the rage. I want all the fury. I mean, what? They got to trade uh, a no, top no, What do I have on. to do? What do you mean? Yeah, I, I've got plenty of rage for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you do things all the time that make me angry at you. What are you talking about? You just got a bloody nose for a reason in the back room. So, yeah, there's absolutely a lot of rage reserved for you. <laughs> Let's talk about the Charlotte Hornets and some of the uh, Carolina Panthers conversation a little bit later on. It's the Weston Walker Show moving on, but not before the Fitty Flash. What do you got, Fitty? All right, guys, I've got two stories involving alcohol that I want to get your thoughts on. Okay, First great. off, uh, the World Cup. Gets underway over the weekend. Not that we're interested in that because it's football season. But Qatar has banned alcohol around World Cup stadiums during this event. And then also last night or early this morning, Titan, the Titans offensive coordinator was charged with DUI after beating the Packers on Thursday night football. What do we make of one sport getting rid of alcohol at their venues and then another one where a coach... Gets arrested a mere hours after his team gets a big win on the road. Yeah, pretty clearly got drunk on the plane, right? Because it was hours Getting after they get drunk back. on a plane. And you can serenade us with a, I, I guess you guys think, great country song. I only know the chorus, and that is very, very vaguely. But obviously got drunk on the plane. Have you ever gotten drunk on a plane before, Wes? I have not. I was about to say, I haven't either, man. I don't like that. Drinks are too expensive. Well, yes, it's too expensive. Plus, there's just too much going on up there. You know, like the turbulence. <laughs> clouds. The turbulence. Well, you got the clouds. You got the fog. Yeah. Don't forget birds. about the fog. <laughs> Sounds like that. Yeah, coach. No, I hope there's no birds. You don't want a bird strike. <laughs> Have you ever watched Sully? I, yes, that's why I hope you don't want birds. What do you mean? That's exactly <laughs> that's the reason why. That's why I'm scared to get on a plane. Like, it's, it's not even just the heights. It's the damn birds. Have you ever flown? As a baby, I did. My dad was in the oh, military. Wow. As a... 
as a kid, that now as an adult, no, I'll, I'll I'll drive before I'll fly. It sounds like that coach should have been at the World Cup uh, in, in Qatar it, instead uh, of uh, flying back on the team plane. I, I mean, Todd Downing decided, you know what? I let, down some beers. I, yeah, down some beers. He also let Derrick Henry throw a touchdown pass, and he was like, I'm celebrating. <laughs> we're, we're bringing out the creative play calls, and I'm celebrating after a victory over the Green Bay Packers last night. Let's go to the Panthers-Ravens coordinator conversation. We did hear from Al Holcomb. Ben McAdoo also spoke to media yesterday. We'll go over some of their sound bites next. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Because we got a text in, 704-570-9610. Gas House Earl said, you guys obviously never had any drinks on the plane. It's one of the cheapest places to buy a drink, literally. I did not think that. I mean, I've definitely had drinks on a plane before. I never got drunk on a plane. Yeah. But I did not remember it being cheap. And I said, wait, what are you paying? He said, $8 for a Jack mini bottle. Is that cheap? I mean, I guess it's not like crazy expensive, but I don't think it's one of the cheapest things you can you can buy. I mean, for me, I'm doing the whole three, four, five dollar beer thing at a bar, and so that's not something you can get on a plane like that. So an eight dollar mini bottle, I just don't feel like that's crazy cheap. Am I wrong on this? I maybe I've I'm never just bought a mini game. bottle to know to be able to price compare. All, I just assumed off the fact of how expensive everything in the airport and on a plane is that it would be. I've never looked at an actual drink list. I feel like mini bottles have only been gifted to me. I don't think I've ever really bought them before. Mm. I, I've drank them for sure, but it's only because they've been given to me as a gift. Have you done research over there, Fiddy, to get down to the bottom of this? Yeah, so I just I just went to Google and typed in mini bottle of Jack Daniels. So the bro, bra- uh, the bro basket, which is a place you sound like you That's frequent. That's correct. I knew that was coming. Yes, <laughs> uh, proceed. Their, their mini bottle was $5. <laughs> Re-up liquor is four ninety nine, yeah. and then total wine and more is eight ninety nine. I was about oh. to, so okay. So somebody a coward wrote in and said that's not cheap. Like so, call him a coward. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. Just wanted to be clear. Yeah. I'm not insulting our listeners. I'm just questioning one for drink prices and then saying cow herd now. Yeah, so somebody, yeah, I like this. This is a great pro tip from Steve from Salisbury. He says, if you sit in the very back row of the plane, drinks are free. What? I need to try that. I had, when I went down to Tampa a couple weeks ago, we had to take Allegiant. And I don't know if anybody's ever flown Allegiant, but it is the cheaper of airlines. And turbulence, a little rough on Allegiant compared to American Airways and, you know, United. It's definitely a different beast. You fly out of Concord and there's only a select, you know, amount of places, even though it's growing, that you can fly. And I was sitting in the very, very back, literal last row, the only time that's ever happened. And I feel like that space is even shorter than what is are the, you know, the other rows that aren't exit row stuff. And it is brutal. I mean, that is one of the worst experiences I've ever had on a plane to have the turbulence, which I don't really get too scared about, but it's just being so cramped. There was somebody also, too. This is the worst. This happened to me, and it was straight from a sitcom. Somebody was falling asleep and then drifting on my side every time they fell asleep. And I'm not kidding. It was like every five minutes. Oh, they're catching a mean shoulder shrug. But I'm not. To me. I, I don't like conflict like that. So I just was kind of like trying to get all the way in my corner as much as I could. <laughs> my girl is like that. But I will say what needs to be said. And I will do what needs to be done. I'll be polite about it at first. I'm not going to be the guy, you know, 
tearing up or starting anything like that. Yeah. But I will sternly tell you what's going on after I'm polite with you. I'll tell you the the plain etiquette though that I actually will be up in your face about is if you lean back in my seat because it's already oh, yeah, cramped. Because you don't no. have much going. On. No. If you lean back in my seat. You better be prepared to catch both these kneecaps in your spine. <laughs> and that's exactly how I roll. And it is passive aggressive. I don't care. You want to look at me? That's fine. We can have a conversation. Yeah. But if you're going to lean back on a plane, then there is a special place in hell for you. And my kneecaps <laughs> are going back in your spine immediately. Do not lean back, people. Or at least give a courtesy look to see how big the person is behind you. Right. Because it's it's miserable sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's tough, man. When we went to Seattle... We were sitting, uh, but I like the the part is it's such a conundrum for me because I like to look out of the window and I am that guy that if a bunch of people have the windows shut, mm -hmm. I will open mine. Yeah, so I can look. I enjoy it. It's something Same. very spiritual to me about being above the clouds. Mm -hmm. Like Gangstar, baby. Yeah, Absolutely. I, love I, I, yeah, I, I love airports. I love flying. Uh, especially if I'm going too. somewhere for my leisure. I really enjoy it. It's something about going to the airport. It's just, I don't know, man. It's just a lot of fun to me. I like it. Yeah. Nah, I don't want to be in there for a long time. We have a lot of text uh, discussing their flight habits and or what's the, uh, what they've experienced on a plane. 704-570-9610. Somebody mm -hmm. said, ride in first class, fellas. I ain't got the money like that. I've, well, I, all right. I don't want to. Go I've done, no, I've done it a couple of times, but only because they sent me like I did it when I went to Miami mm -hmm. two years ago by myself. Bougie Bryant. Here we, <laughs> well, they sent me to upgrade. They sent me to upgrade last minute, and it was like a fifty dollar upgrade. So I was like, man, oh, I was okay. like, I'm taking that. Yeah, sometimes you get that where they'll send it to you last minute, and you get a fifty dollar upgrade. And I said, well, because my main thing was one, the space, and being able to get off the flight quick. And so that's why I did it. I was like, man, I said, I get a bigger seat and I can get off. And, you know, I was going by myself, treating myself to a little trip. So I said, why not? Yeah, that's fine. I want to know where you were going. I, I was can, going to Miami. Uh, yeah. Dolo, solo, uh, rolling really? down in Dade County. Yeah. Just because. Just because, man. It's my, one of my favorite places uh, on earth. So. Oh, I, I've been there once. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was fun, man. Um, we did get M-Dog <laughs> writing in that you don't want to buy airplane bottles, but you're taking Allegiant. Your priorities are messed up. <laughs> Okay, true. Nah, they yeah. getting personal, you know what you I'm saying? You got me. You got me. That's fine. We do have a lot of other people writing in about this, um, trying to find some other ones that we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Somebody said, grow up, Walker. They put seat recliners on the seats for a reason. <laughs> okay, that was my fine. burner. That's fine. That's fine. If you want to lean <laughs> what back, a, what about, then you can make sure that I, I will make sure that your ride is extremely uncomfortable. What about eating on a plane, man? When people pull out food, it just like stinks or just very loud. Like an egg salad sandwich. Yeah, or like, <laughs> what if somebody got some, some type of seafood? Because I was on a plane before what people did that and i was like come on man seriously i mean i don't know if i've ever had that experience too much but i don't i don't i don't come i can't on. remember i mean there's not anything that i've ever been bothered by i don't think there's been the real smelly food because part of the reason unless you're just getting at some nasty restaurant at an airplane something <laughs> like that well i mean if you get on there with seafood i think that's a bit much i do get on there with food though and i do get snacks mm -hmm. i have like an airport routine um yeah, somebody somebody's right. Yeah, I, I think I'm catching some flack for saying you know people need to not lean back. Well, those are me. probably people that are like five five and 
You know, they get in there, they're like, wee! Or they are, or they are leaders there. themselves. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, that's what I think is happening. Short stuff. Yeah, I hey, think. Hey, easy. I, I'm only 5'7". I think they're probably <laughs> leaning back. They're probably going Fat Joe a 100%. Six footers, us six-footers, they know what I'm talking about. I'm sure those callers or those texters are not six-footers. Um, people are also writing in really about you a lot here, Fiddy, after you said you've only flown as a baby and you will not fly. <laughs> Cowboy Squirt wrote John in. John Madden. Yeah, tell tell Fiddy he can fly to Myrtle Beach. Hint, hint. Somebody else wrote in. Fiddy's never flown. Um, then he, uh, they, they were surprised to hear that. So, is there a place that you would fly? Like, how far of a distance would it have to be for you not to choose driving? I don't know. My uncle, who has the who has the same fear of uh, fear of uh, heights that I do, he drove all the way to Las Vegas earlier this summer. So, like, if I had the means to drive to Vegas, and so is. Anywhere in the United States, my ass is driving. Like, I'm not getting on a plane. Wow. So it has to be overseas because yes. it's quite literally the only way that you could get there. Well, except and, and because I'm not taking a boat. Yeah. So, you know, like, yeah. yeah. Well, you know. Fiddy, what if the hottest woman you've ever met tells you to come see her and all that stuff, and it's legit, And she, but she says, I live in L.A. Are you getting on the bird? Or are you just going? I tell her I'll be there in four days. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get we need to get Fiddy a cruiser like Madden had, so he can just go around the Fiddy cruiser. That's what we need. Kyle F said the seats only lean back like three inches. What the hell? That three inches is crucial. It does mean what she yeah. said. It's crucial and. <laughs> <laughs> We got one more hour to go here on the Wesson Walker Show. Let's switch gears up. We got to get to this ACC college football preview. Will NC State lose again this weekend? This time to Louisville plus Will Shipley. Will um, Will Shipley, how will he perform? And Wes Bryant has some thoughts on the Clemson running back. That's coming up next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC.